All right, we're going to officially get started. So, okay. um, welcome back to Enya. We are here with Gloria Gem yeah. Sanchez. Uh, this <laughs> is Santos, and we're just uh, kind of following up on the feature we already started. You know, we've had the video out. You've got a lot of stuff going on, so I kind of wanted to ask you questions uh, to dive deep into like just more detail about some of these things because you've got a collective you're a part of you know you've got a couple other organizations that you're working with and this month is actually pretty busy for you so uh-huh. I wanted to showcase that stuff and really get a chance to hear from you uh, a couple more more things um the, well the first thing I wanted to say is like so I, I've seen your show I went yeah. to visit the exhibition thanks for going <laughs> uh, you're welcome no it was and it's great you know and it's also in a in a place that I've never been before, so it's just always nice to see a new setting, a uh, new gallery space. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the show and just how it's gone so far? Yeah, um, that was actually my first time being in uh, Frogtown, otherwise known as Elysian Park, um, and also at the space Tin Flats. Um, it's a art space and studio space run by Stephen... Nydlik, I hope I'm saying his name right. <laughs> um, but uh, a few artists have spaces there, and it's mainly run under him. And we got in contact with that space through Luna Anais Gallery. Um, they rented the the exhibition room from them for the for a month and a half until um, July twenty fourth. This show came about through Narciso Martinez, who's a good friend of mine. I've known him since, like, 2009. We met at Cal State Long Beach. Um, We took... We're both in the drawing and painting program, the Bachelor of Fine Arts drawing and painting program. Yeah, we had, like, life drawing together, and then we just kind of hit it off, you know? We've stayed in touch, and... um, So he hit me up in October last year... And he proposed doing the show. And when I heard it was with Tita, I was like, all right. Like, I really love Tita. I respect her work. She's a she's an amazing person. I feel like, you know, our, our backgrounds are kind of similar, too. Like, I know she's Cambodian. Her parents okay. are, like, from Cambodia. Migrant, uh, migrant uh, people who've come here and settled in Long Beach. Um, similar to my mom, who is a migrant from the Philippines, and my dad's family from Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, so it's cool. Like, we have, like, some similarities even in our work, um, telling stories, but more of, like, um, I guess our interpretation of growing up in a, in a migrant space and migrant mindset, um, a hybrid of, either being hybrid heritages or hybrid as in like American and um, Asian Pacific Islander Latinx for myself. So it was it was cool. Like I was really appreciative that Narciso um, approached me for that and honored because Narciso is amazing in his own right. Like he he documents his own experiences and narrative of being a farm worker, a laborer in the fields. He used to work, um, I believe in Oregon, Washington, picking cherries, asparagus, apples. So really hands-on from the grassroots up. And I admire that. Like, I admire anybody who 
what am I trying to say? Like, we're not, all three of us are not born with the silver spoon in our mouth. Like, we're all, you know, building for ourselves and, like, you know, taking the pri- the privilege that we've been given from our families, you know, our, with Narciso coming to America, his family is in um, Oaxaca, mostly. I think he has some relatives here and in Washington as well. Um, but, yeah, I just feel really honored and connected and just kind of like, yeah, we just have a really good rapport together. So it was, it's been really easy working with them. And it's been really easy and wonderful and um, it's been a good new experience working with the gallery. This is my first time. And also for Luna and Ais, they're kind of like a newer up and coming project. And I feel like that too, I appreciate that they put it out there, you know, we're still learning, like we're not... Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're also very humble people, Anna and Phoenix, and I really appreciate their um, forth, how forthcoming they are and honest, and, you know, they're just straight up. Like, they're not, you know, you yeah. just you get that good feeling of, like, you know. Yeah, vis- visiting the exhibition, um, yeah. I, I met Phoenix, and she was very, um, she was very welcoming. She was very uh-huh. uh, informative also. Like, I was just asking questions about the space and the show, you know, so she was trying to answer the best she could. And then we also mm-hmm. kind of just started talking in general and realized there's a couple people we know mutually. So oh, cool. it's always nice okay. to, like, make those connections because then the conversation will just take off, you know, and yeah. you, you yeah. get to meet someone yeah. Um, and talk to them on a more personal level. And that's usually when you get along with people, right? You know. Yeah, like finding those familiarities and like, um, yeah, those meeting points. Yeah. You know, and the theme of the show, Cultural Undertow, sounds like you guys have these shared experiences and talking about mm-hmm. uh, the homages that, you know, you particularly talk about homages to your culture, to your ancestry, mm-hmm. you know, so I feel like now the way you've explained it, mm-hmm. so is the same for both. Uh, the curator and the other artists you're working with and it's yeah. really like this little environment you guys are working within mm-hmm. where you kind of all I, you share this experience and you sure you shared like this these feelings yeah definitely um yeah and we actually collaborated on the name too um narciso threw out some ideas and we basically like put together a google doc and we threw out like different words that resonated with us um, and we narrowed it down to a few and we we're like, yeah, cultural undertow sounds good. Um, undertow, you know, literally being like, a, a part of the wave that's under like the undercurrent, the unseen. Um, but metaphorically undertone is like, it can be a feeling or something that's, yeah, that's unseen. That's not so apparent. And, um, I think as, you know, for Tita and I being first generation um, children of immigrants and Narciso being a first generation here in America himself, um, there's kind of a responsibility that we're um, undertaking to share our own stories and kind of knock out like the stereotype or like the assumptions that people might have of someone from those backgrounds and um i think that's that's the idea like just sharing the experience of of someone who's of many worlds of uh, many roles in life 
I think this applies to anyone. You have like faces that you show in different aspects of your life, like your workspace, your your family space, your part with your partner and your interpersonal relationships. Like we all have different roles and different um I don't want to say mass, but yeah, we have different um I think we tend to yeah. adapt, you know, sometimes ha- it's yeah. not so much what's appropriate, but I guess there's also a level of comfort mm-hmm. from one environment to the other. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think we just kind of build mm-hmm. character that applies to different environments sometimes as to what just yeah. feels good, what, what works, I, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and it's that idea of like code switching, like being able to like, how you say, like adapt to these different environments mm-hmm. and situations. And I feel like um, living where we do, you know, in California and America, like it's such a cultural, um, I don't want to say melting pot. I hate that word, but um, (laughs) I prefer a boiling pot. Yeah. (laughs) Some sauces and seasonings in there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, (laughs) We have a lot of different backgrounds and you know it's it's important to to each have shine your own light and to each you know have your presence but yeah it's important to learn different languages not literally like you know spanish english but different ways of being and communicating um verbal verbal and nonverbal, visual i feel like um that's really important in like successfully and harmoniously maneuvering through our life here. that's a good way of putting it because you know even yeah. uh you know we talk about nonverbal communication which mm-hmm. is a language you know empathy yeah. Yeah. turns into a language and i guess mm-hmm. the more uh the more broad you are mentally like as far as like empathy and understanding people or really just you know mm-hmm. interacting with people I, I think that does make you multilingual in that sense mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I've definitely been accused before of being a social butterfly and people were pointing out, they're like, man, you talk to this person and that person and that person doesn't matter who was like, mm-hmm. I think it's just because I did also grow up with that. You know, you have like the two languages, the core mm-hmm. languages, but mm-hmm. then because of those languages, like you now have more people to talk to. And if you're willing to talk to them mm-hmm. uh, and if you kind of grow that way, like your community just becomes bigger and sometimes even stronger. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, the more you interact with people, especially people different from you, the more knowledge and wisdom you you gain, you know, like being like a lifelong learner and, um, you know, it's it's important. It's important to step into a world, into someone else's world, into someone else's shoes um, to gain that understanding. But it also feeds you back. It's reciprocal. Yeah. It sounds like you found an artist to work with that just has so much in common with you and you guys mm-hmm. see a lot of things eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it just helps you get that message across stronger because it's it's two people, two two worlds, very similar but still different enough that they support this idea, mm-hmm. right? And I, I really enjoy seeing her work as well, but looking at your work, um, I've seen you building in your studio and it's interesting to see you work and see you put these things together uh one of the one of the coolest things and one of the 
compliments that I gave you is like on day one, I walked in and you were so apologetic because you were all over the place. Like, I'm sorry, I'm doing like three things at once. I'm like, dude, (laughs) as far as logistics go, you know, I am seeing you both print, scan, develop, weave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like there's, there's this big old like, you know, buy one, get one situation going on. That's the Gemini way. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, and that's the thing though, also as an artist, it just shows like, your your mind is just going at it you were in the zone and uh when when i went back you know there's a little more talking between us and i was reflecting on a lot of what i saw you do mm-hmm. day one um but even seeing you do all that and kind of seeing your work in the process once i saw it in this space i was able to see it and admire yeah. it as like like you said you make these altares and i was like oh yeah like this thing is shining like right here in the Uh middle of the room i was like it's super (laughs) a lot better than in the studio yeah well i mean it just it just shined a certain way you know that like little light from that window i was like this looks really impactful in this space and it really activates it yeah i really appreciate the space um the tall ceilings the natural light like and yeah that it's like this warehouse it's not like you know it's a it's a gallery but you know it's not like i don't know it feels more like community and homey, you know? Yeah. Also like Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's definitely a part of LA that I have not been in before. Uh-huh. Like not specifically. I'm sure I've driven by. A lot of LA is places you drive by, you yeah. know, all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I remember going in there and I was just like, well, I'm in the middle of a neighborhood. What is this? And then yeah. I pull up to this kind of warehouse area. I was like, well, this has to be it. And mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, they greeted me. I went in there and I was like, this is a, uh, this is cool. You know, a lot of like workspace works, but then you get to the gallery section and you're like, oh my God, this is like mm-hmm. its own little entity. Yeah, <laughs> it, you know, yeah. it's just like, really cool to kind of walk there. And there's um, so many little nooks. Yeah. Yeah. Within so the space, yeah. it's a fun space though. So if, mm-hmm. if anyone hasn't seen it yet, you know, we'll, we'll definitely encourage people to go over to Tin Flats, you know, check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cool space, and I, and I like the show. Um, I really do like the show. I like the the way that your work has come out, mm-hmm. and the way that it kind of also works together. Mm-hmm. Just you know, every time you go to a new wall, it's it, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Narciso did a really amazing job of laying it out, and even like the direction of the works. Like I know it's like you you walk in, and then there's a point where it kind of like makes you look back, like yeah, with the the way the hands are pointing or they're set next to each other um yeah i think he was very thoughtful like tita and i put in had some input um along the way when we were when we were organizing the space and kind of helping him figure out but he did the majority of it you know that's good it sounds like you know between you the artist and the curator you guys had a really good time working together and you guys are just you guys do communicate very well so yeah i feel like um you know he's a curator but it's more like a facilitator because tita and i were involved from the get-go like we were we were in communication it wasn't just like him dictating like oh do this 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 you know he he values our opinion you know and i really appreciate that and that he's uplifting like two women of color to um women that are Asian Pacific Islander identifying like I I just think that's really really amazing of him and noble of him you know so it sounds like as an artist there's an extra level of consideration yeah I think it's it's good to have that when the curator is more directly from 
from like the artist perspective, not just someone, like you said, just telling you what to do and how to do it. Yeah. And it's not like, okay, we're not exactly, we're, we're pretty different from each other. Um, but yeah, it's not like he's just like, oh, I'm just going to choose you because you're like me, you know? <laughs> he's like, you know, he's, I, I just, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So before this, you know, what other places have you shown? Ooh, okay. Um, there's been a lot. Uh, let's see. Well, I've shown at Angel's Gate Cultural Center uh, a few times and curated a show there. Uh, I showed in at a Tiger Strikes Asteroid, which is in the Bendix building, um, the LA Municipal Art Gallery, uh, the Mexican Consulate near MacArthur Park. Um, let's see, LA Water School, which was a project or is a project by Oscar Tuazon. Um, let's see, where else? Well, Angel City Brewery, um, Layman Space, that was more of a recent um, show with FA4 Collective. Uh, LAX Art, um, I did a show there with Slanguage, uh, along with Pasadena City College, um, with Slanguage. Oh, Flatline. <laughs> Flatline and Long Beach, can't forget Liz Monson, Monson, um, it's been really nice showing there and, um, working with her too and curating a show. Like, I like to, to show in, um, more community spaces as well as like gallery spaces and artist run spaces. You know, um, I don't like to limit myself. I just figure like, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. You know, if it's an opportunity or like a project that seems interesting, like I'll show, you know, or I'll work with them. The majority of the exhibitions you've been a part of or the shows that you've had, mm -hmm. do you tend to do more solo stuff is like how, how much have you done with the collective that you mentioned, the FA4 collective? Oh, um, um, or do you just kind of bounce around and just, I know you said that you'll take on different opportunities Yeah. and I think I agree with that. You know, any opportunity sometimes it's just a chance that uh -huh. whether it's something new or, or relation, new relationship or, you know, uh -huh. or even something that you're like, Hey, I'd like to do this. I wanted to do this. Yeah. Well, you know, coming out of school in 2014, um, I feel like I focused more on working with the art collective. Like we'd, we'd show at the, the Bixby Knowles Expo Center, which is off Atlantic. We do like just kind of, um, group shows. Like we'd each get a wall or we'd share a wall. Um, uh, we'd, we'd, uh, show with Midnight Gallery, which is what, I don't know if they're still there, but it was a space above the stash bar on 4th Street in Long Beach. Um, so yeah, mostly for a while I was focusing on, you know, doing projects with them, um, giving more of my energy to that solely. But after a while, I feel like you have to invest in yourself and your own needs. Like I love working with collectives and groups and community but you know there's a time where you have to step back like you kind of like work in seasons on projects I think that's how we operate and um you know it's not always like back to back month to month we have something like we kind of like take 
we go hard and then we take time to rest and like recoup and you know brainstorm together and figure out okay what's our next move and um yeah I I feel like for the last few years I've been trying to focus more on myself and trying to be um more professional you know like trying to take myself more seriously and and um yeah just invest in myself yeah I think it's important like I I'm the type of person that likes to give and you know sometimes overextending but that's just my personality you know like that's who I am and I'm learning to to hold back a little bit more and like to take time to rest especially as I get older like it's more important you know it's more important for your for your entire well-being and you know to fill up your cup so that you're able to to offer more you know your better your best self when you come back you know and yeah as a collective i'm sure you guys probably still constantly keep in contact right like it's not like you just hey i'm going solo you know this is my beyonce moment it's like no 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 like Uh, (laughs) one day you know one day the collective can be together like you said month to month just grinding and then the next you're like you know i also have something here and if your collective uh partners you know reach out to you like you might also Mm -hmm. take a moment and help them like you've mentioned the word facilitate before. Yeah. I imagine yeah. that as a collective member, that's what you guys will do. Turn around and facilitate something for the other. Mm-hmm. Just lend a hand if needed. Yeah, um, definitely. I feel fortunate. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, I'm I'm so glad I went to art school. I went to where I did. And I was even thinking, like, maybe I should have done, like, another major. And then I thought, no, fuck that. Because... I wouldn't have met the people (laughs) I work with and know, know today. Like, and I feel really blessed to know, um, and, and, um, continue to get to know and grow with these, these fine people in FA4 Collective. Um, we have a community, you know, and we have a, a group of board members that's pretty solid and we keep in constant communication and we try to have regular meetings and we're currently um working on becoming a nonprofit. so that's kind of you know we're kind of taking a step back we did um we did an online exhibition in december kind of like a year-end show and then we've talked about you know maybe doing a another fundraiser here and there but um, our next project, we want to do an alumni show and we're aiming to do it at Cal State Long Beach within the student galleries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, to invite also back these, to home base. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Full circle. Like we were talking about earlier and, um, to invite, um, alumni, not only from the drawing and painting department, but also from, you know, maybe printmaking, uh, ceramics, sculpture, fibers, uh, photography, and especially those who did not have a physical show through the pandemic. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was a, a really good point. Um, one of the gals brought up, it's like, you know, to kind of like make space for those people who didn't get their, their physical in-person show. Yeah. So we're, that's one of our goals for 2022. Um, but other than that, yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of just focusing on the nonprofit, like trying to get that together. 
I was really amazed that when I first met you, um, was through a show at the uh, Angels Gate uh, Mm -hmm. Center, and I remember going, I took photos for the exhibition, and I think that was an FA4 exhibition, correct? Yeah, so so I still have pictures on my hard drive. Um, Thank you. So, (laughs) yeah, I remember going in there, and I was like, this is a really nice group of artists. It's actually felt kind of like a big group of artists, and I was kind of amazed at that. But what amazed me more was that... Like in the next year, I would, because I started to talk to more people and meet other people outside of like my art circle, Mm -hmm. um, I started to run into way more people from Long Beach and, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm local to Long Beach Mm -hmm. and every other artist I talked to was just kind of like, oh yeah, I don't know if you know about the FA4 collective. I was like, oh my God, I feel like it's this like awesome club. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) You guys, yeah. It's like, you guys are like the warriors of this world, you know, like, uh, like this uh, nice organization. Um, We're just, we're a community and we're trying to just keep, keep going and thrive together, you know? Yeah. But I've met, I've met a few artists that were, um, it's just, it's so interesting that I start to meet new people and there's like these mutual Mm -hmm. friends in between and I'm like, wow, I could just start connecting dots here and just make, draw this big old map. Um, But yeah, but I've, and then I've looked more into your, uh, your collective and like, some of the artists i've i've met through it and just, yeah mm-hmm. amazing amazing people amazing artists you know a couple of them i've kind of already started to talk to also like hey let's get to know each other just cool. i get re- i'm really interested in some of the work that i see and even uh-huh. that show like i existed um mm-hmm. um it was a fun time it was a cool gig but it was also just a fun time meeting yeah. people that opening was really fun yeah and even the the performance night was really cool um yeah, we just, we have such diverse artists, you know, we have performers, we have painters, we have, you know, sculpture, sculpturists, <laughs> um, fiber artists, uh, photographers, video artists. I like, believe there was a poetry yeah. reading that day. Um, yeah, oh, that yeah. is um, Jasmine Niende, uh, amazing artist. Yeah. Um I met Jasmine through Justice LA, um, which I actually got got into with uh, Marlene Tafoya. Uh, Marlene hit me up about um, doing this project where we all, or where artists um, transform gel beds. There was maybe like 80 or 80 plus gel beds. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually um replicas of the actual <clears throat> gel beds that are in the prisons around here and um it's a abolitionist movement and group and um after uh that project i just continued keeping in contact with the core of justice la's creative team run that was facilitated by um cecilia Oh, Cecilia Sweet Cole. <laughs> I had to think about that. Um, awesome person. And um, and we would just uh, do different projects, different events together. Um, we did, uh, it's called the East Side Cafe. It's in El Sereno, but we did a, okay. a night there. And um, Patrice Colors was a facilitator. We had workshops there. I, I showed some a tapestry weaving there. We had poetry again by Jasmine Niende and uh, performance, movement performance by uh, Brianna Mims, who I also keep in contact and 
um, occasionally do uh, abolitionist projects with. Um, but yeah, Jasmine uh, is also in the band Fuck You Pay Us. So I was like, <laughs> it's cool. It's like, I love working in grassroots community-based projects because you meet people with so many, so many gifts. And I just, like you, you know, like you enjoy meeting um, people from different walks of life. Like that, I feel like that makes me thrive and feel alive too. So I feel really grateful for continuing, you know, to keep community and keep contact with them as much as, much as we can. Um, but yeah. There was that poetry that Jasmine did. It's kind of like a scattered um, Jasmine journals. And then at random, um, she selects, you know, kind of flips through the book. And then she she just improvises that way and really? shares the poems. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, where am I going yeah. with this? No, it's yeah. it's a yeah, no great group of artists that I've I've seen you yeah. working with, and then kind of went on a tangent there. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. The tangent is what it's about, and that's when you know, you know, when you meet really interesting people and you see so much great work, you know, you're yeah. gonna go on a tangent because you're just gonna follow that rabbit hole down like art yeah. and you know poetry and music, whatever it is. Yeah, it was um, actually that event that um, was at the I think it's called the East Side Cafe El Sereno that I first saw Jasmine read poetry. I was like, oh man, like when we did this project at Angel's Gate, I'm like, I want Jasmine to be part of that. Like just such a strong, like vibrant. um, It was that impactful that it Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it made me cry, of course, yeah. Cause you know, like I think what a lot of, what a similarity a lot of us shared in that than the Justice LA creative team and in that community of people who would attend those events. Like we have, we had people who were incarcerated, who we, whether relative or friend. And, you know, it's, it's important to have that support system and, um, you know, not feel so hopeless with that, you know, with feeling like, gosh, you know, feeling like you can't really do much to help them but within com- I think within holding community and space for each other like that's very healing you know I mentioned the word empathy earlier and I feel mm-hmm. like lately that's been a conversation I've had with a lot of friends about having empathy for people mm-hmm. like you know um, not just judging people not just wanting to push people aside but understanding mm-hmm. uh, you know where they come from what they go through mm-hmm. um, but in your case I think it's a little more there's actually a lot more love in it oh, <laughs> you know, okay. and, and lo- love is actually like a higher step than that because it's uh, love is active yeah, um, okay. you know and then speaking of, of your work like I see the love there you know it's very mm-hmm. family oriented very much rooted in like blood and history mm-hmm. um, but I can see why I think it's just you have this lens where you see with mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. um like you seem to be talking about these artists and mm-hmm. the way that you talked the way that you've worked with these artists mm-hmm. um almost in the same way of when you're trying to like connect and pay homage to your own history and your mm-hmm. own family um, yeah. yeah you know so i see that connection and, you know and speaking of your work mm-hmm. you want to talk a little bit about about that i know we touched up on it a bit on the video but yeah i feel like i try to tap into that like ancestral healing and you know, um, blood memory, um, epigenetics, like, like 
there's a, a quote I just thought of from my professor, Sanji, Cindy Alvitre from Cal State Povogna, Cal State Long Beach. Um, she is a American Indian Studies uh, art and material culture class that I took there. And she would always say, we don't live in the past, the past lives in us. And that's just like, gosh, such it's such a simple saying, but that just res that hit me that resonated with me so much because it's like you know I didn't get to meet my Lolo my Lola or my abuela and abuelo maybe my dad's dad my abuelo when I was a baby but I don't remember that you know (laughs) I was probably super yeah this isn't back in the 80s so I was little um but, you know, I think there's that longing for a connection to them and, you know, wanting to know them or wanting to get a peek into, like, maybe what they were like or and beyond, you know, like, um, those that came before them. Because I really believe in that, um, that, you know, though we are far removed from people generations ago, there's still that that likeness and connection in some way you know there's traits that carry on like there's things about that my mom describes about my Lolo Ernie her father that's like okay whoa that sounds just like my Tito Gadi <laughs> that sounds just like my brother like it's it's a trip you know even though like yeah they might not look exactly alike like my brother might not look my grandpa's twin but personality and characteristics and gestures like might as well be the same soul yeah it's (laughs) amazing and i'd like to think the same like my my uncle my tito gadi said that he said that i'm like my grandma Mm -hmm. like his mom my lola gloria who i'm named after and he is like oh she's she's her living in the present he says something like that and that was like, oh, wow, you know, that that made me feel good because, you know, I long, like I said, I long for that connection to them. And, um, you know, I feel that respect for them, especially like um, I was looking through. We're like cleaning up stuff at my mom's house because she's going to get her home remodeled next month, I believe, or the following month. And I was going through all these like old art school documents and scraps and I did a project in Siobhan McClure's class it was a intermediate drawing or yeah intermediate drawing and um I did kind of similar to what I'm doing now like tapping into like the history of like my mom and my Lola and um I found a paper that was that had information about my Lola and how she she went to a prison camp where my little Ernie was. Excuse me. This was during World War II. He is part of the Philippine guerrilla army, um, which was fighting <laughs> against the or yeah against the Japanese, um, along with the Americans, you know, and he was taken in that camp. He was tortured there you know like brutal stuff like he was hung with barbed wire from his 
from his arms, uh, the tops of his arms. They would torture them by putting bamboo underneath their fingernails. And, you know, that hurts when you, like, when you get poked under. So, yeah, you know, it was not a good time. Um, So, anyway, my, my Lola was able to go there and visit. And it so happened the officer who was Japanese, he was an undercover and he ended up trans you know he was supposed to translate something for her and he's like hey i'm undercover and you know um he gave her passes to go visit my lolo he gave some um passes for other wives of prisoners and he also passed along some counterintelligence so he gave he gave wow. plans um i guess tactics from the Japanese military to my Lola and she gave it to the guerrillas that were outside of the prison camp in the community still so with that information they were able to like free a bunch of the the prisoners like I think over 500 prisoners so like man like you know it's it's beautiful to like know these things you know I'm sure she was an everyday Lola, like, or, you know, mother and, you know, wife. And, but then Smash there's these... spy for the people. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but there's like this, gosh, like I feel so, so proud to be of that bloodline, wow. you know. And I, I feel like that spirit of, you know, my Lola and my Lola, I feel like that runs through, through us too. Like my brother too, like. We kind of have that um, when something's wrong, like <laughs> we want to fight for it or we want to speak up against it. Like sometimes to fall, it could get me in trouble, you know, but I that's just who I am, you know? Yeah. Like if I see something's like not right, like I just feel compelled to say something, you know? So when they tell you that you resemble your grandmother there maybe they see like a, a similar strength in you that they would see in her like yeah. those characteristics take of... no bullshit no, <laughs> no, I'm like... cross me <laughs> just no. like, yeah like that you know when you have to do what's right do what's right yeah. you know don't just sit back and be a spectator i'm not the type to just sit around i like to do things and um stay busy i guess or i'm learning to slow down but i like to to keep busy and active and yeah. maybe that's why I'm involved with different groups <laughs> well, and, you know, and in the community. There's always something that's, you know, worth fighting for, something that you feel is, you know, yeah. y- you need to be out there and advocate for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no fault in that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there are things, like I said, I see a lot of, a lot of love in you, a lot of like just giving. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not unexpected to know that you've also got like that fighting spirit, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're willing to go out there. So, yeah. and yeah, and, and I've seen you, you're active. Um, I think when we first started talking, you know, took a couple pictures, saw an exhibition that was great. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after, like you were just donations, you know, to communities that needed help. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that was my second interaction with you. We're like, Hey, I've got a couple things to donate, just oh, whatever I could. Yeah, that's um, right. With and, the Navajo Nation. Yeah. And, yeah. but from there I like I would see more and more of you doing that like it wasn't just like a one-time thing and yeah um, and that's kind of where I really started to see a lot more of 
uh, about your work and why and how, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how you work. Uh, I see how it just kind of all connects, you know, t- mm-hmm. talking about the blood memory, which is a term that I've learned from you. Yeah. <laughs> when you first started saying that, I was like, that's a really interesting concept, the blood memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just your work with the ancestry and it, these connections with people in general. Like, yeah, I see. Yeah. And it's not only, you know, I guess memory and remembering um, is only the first step, right? And then there's there's different parts in the cycle of healing, right? So I feel like a lot of what I do, why I do and make work is for that, like for kind of healing those traumas, like kind of, and even further back, like undoing the, you know, the things brought forth upon our people through colonization and the things that were like set to be lost, like, no, fuck that, you know, <laughs> I want to like, you know, I want to keep it alive. It's the little I do know that what I'm still learning, like, I want to like actively, you know, relearn these things and like tapping into, you know, that, I guess, innate knowledge or intuitive knowledge. You know, I, I really believe in that, that you have to listen to like, that inner voice and like, those signs that come to you. Um, I don't know if you've ever read The Alchemist, <laughs> but no. a lot of people love that book. But, you know, it does talk about that, like the being aware of like the signs that and the messages that are brought forth to you to kind of guide you on your path in life. Um, but really what it is is listening to your intuition, um, your subconscious, and also dreams like I believe in like like really listening to the messages that come in that space um I guess that that would be like part of the unseen space right I don't want to call it magic but there's something otherworldly about it sometimes where it's like you know almost like a premonition like you have a dream it happens and you'll have a dream and then you know, some parts of it will appear in real life, you know. So I think it's just, you know, that's something that strengthens over time the more you pay attention to it. And I think that also inter- interweaves into my, the way I work and, you know, the the things I'm interested in and, um, like, the type of research, you know, like, you know, I kind of just let it guide me, you know, like we said, like going down a rabbit hole, like you start at one point and then where does it take you? You Yeah. Yeah. I feel a lot of times with art, uh, you can probably communicate something that's more of an experience that you can feel, but hard to put into words, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know, um, again, we refer to some of your pieces, especially the sculptural pieces, mm-hmm. kind of these altares. So, like, they mm-hmm. become conduits to make these connections. Because mm-hmm. um, it really is hard to describe some yeah. of these feelings, right? Some of these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you've gone through them. You've experienced them. They're in your mind. It's just, how do mm-hmm. I get them out? And mm-hmm. how can I connect, you know, me right now with, like, that experience and hopefully also give someone else, you know, a look into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Your work yeah. is mesmerizing. <laughs> oh, thank uh, from you. From <laughs> the yeah, from the weaving down to the snakeskin down to the hair and yeah. yeah so um, I like that tactile 
quality about it because yeah maybe it might freak people out or maybe not you know but I think seeing something that's so familiar but then kind of kind of like formed or transformed into a different way of seeing it mm-hmm. yeah I think it's yeah. Plus, it's it's fun to redefine objects, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just mm-hmm. turning it into something else and mm-hmm. um, it being more representative. So, yeah, uh, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Now, you live in San Pedro? Yes. And uh-huh. you work in San Pedro? Uh, yeah, actually, I teach on and off. I'm going to actually teach a seven week art camp this mm-hmm. summer oh sweet yeah mm-hmm. is it there at the uh, angels gate center or no where? it's actually at the pacific arts colony which is off of pacific and fourth street so kind of near where the san pedro art walk takes place okay by the warner grand a little bit down the street you know it's like an old theater brick yeah building. yeah yeah mm-hmm. awesome so when does that start uh july 1st to august 12th Yes. Okay. And then, yeah, so what are you, month. what is it you're going to be doing at these camps? Like what kind of... Oh, it's just, um, so it's a two hour, well, it's technically two classes an hour each because we're limiting the amount of kids. Okay. So it's five kids max per hour. And um, I'm going to focus on California, um, things on California and summertime because it's, you know, I want to make it kind of fun projects for kids that are between five and ten years old around there so it's for kids that live in this this space that's a low-income community and um they have it's a really nice building they have like a they have an arts room a community room a gallery downstairs um they have art studios yeah, so we'll be um, doing, you know, multimedia projects, some painting, some things like mobiles. And I'm actually going to do cyanotypes with them. Oh, nice. I think that would be so fun. Like, they could bring, you know, bring items from their home if they want. But I also have, you know, little guidelines for each day. We could use parts from the other projects that we'll be focusing on mainly. But then they could use, like, the little stencils and shapes from those. Yeah nice yeah and it's cool like they can see wow you know it's kind of like a science project at the same time printing with the sunlight it's always cool introducing kids to like new mediums like Mm -hmm. anything new is always fun you know it's seeing the look on their face like this is cool but it's also cooler when it's something even newer than what you normally would see like it's not just drawing and painting it's not just like finger painting yeah i try to do that because i've worked with those uh the community and those kids for a couple years i stopped working in 2019 with them and then um took a break and then yeah i got asked to come back so i was like yeah i'll be down you know i miss them they're really cool kids and um yeah i try you know they like they love painting but i try to kind of make it mixed media and um introducing things like weaving or excuse me, um, printmaking, uh, we've, um, used clay, you know, just to kind of, the kids like to be, um, hands-on and, uh, um, tactile things tacti- are always yeah. like, good for kids. Yeah. Cause and their it's hands good. are just, <laughs> right. It's good for their motor skills too. So yeah. yeah, I try to, um, yeah, not do such fine art, like formal, you know that's fun too for uh, mostly the older kids like to 
like to learn how to draw realistically or like do like a, a master copy. So I try to make all those options available. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's more of a construct that we kind of start falling into. The older you get, you start mm-hmm. to see things and like, oh, I want to do that. And it, mm-hmm. you see that as like a higher form of art or maybe like cleaner mm-hmm. versus uh, something that's uh, impressionistic. More visceral. You know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But when you're kids, like, <clears throat> you know, I mean, they're my kid still eats with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> even well, I, even with the fork in his hand, he eats with his hands. That's, I still eat with my hands. <laughs> seriously it tastes better <laughs> i mean it depends i mean i don't know about sopa but <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> but um yeah so i wanted to ask you about uh the many winters elders gathering oh, you know yes. uh-huh. um so i was asking about you living in san pedro i just there's a lot of activity every time i meet you or mm-hmm. usually when i'm talking to you there's always something going on mm-hmm. around san pedro and i believe that's where you guys also take part in the many winters elders gathering yeah it's um on the angels gate cultural center campus but according to the tongva relatives here that is a village site named chawingna and um the many many winters gathering started in I believe 1992 with uh, George Funmaker's father John Funmaker and um, his community of colleagues and activists and they wanted to um, bring like a spiritual well indigenous spiritual revival and teachings um, to the community. So the idea of the elders gathering is to bring um, elder or yeah, bring elders, <laughs> bring elders from across Turtle Island. Turtle Island is another name for the United States, not only the uni- so-called United States, but from Mexico, Central America, South America, some of the island um, brothers and sisters will come over and share knowledge. So it's a four-day ceremony. There's a schedule of speakers. Um, sorry, morning and evening in Nipi, which is a sweat ceremony. Um, and it's open to the public. It's totally free. Um, there's even, we were able to have free food last year. We have some, you know, people who want to sell. We invite the elders um, if they have, you know, things that they make so they can make a little money. Um, and it's, it's really beautiful. It's transformational. It's everyone has such rich knowledge to share and where the Nipis are set up, you can go visit. I don't know if you, have you been to that area of Angel's Gate by, by building H? Yeah, I believe I've been there before. It's been a while. So you see, you'll see some, uh, wooden structures that are shaped into a dome. Um, there's four of them. And they have uh, kind of, they have ribbons tied on them with the four sacred colors, red, black, white, and yellow. And those all correspond to um, the, the four cardinal directions. So those dome shapes are covered with cloth blankets, usually cotton or wool, something breathable. And um, people are are invited to participate in the the sweat ceremony which is basically like it's like a sauna but much more um 
there's uh it's based in Lakota um, religion and culture there's a way to do all of it and it's for healing it's for prayer sharing songs and it's very very intense you know you have to be prepared you have to be hydrated you have to be mentally and spiritually prepared to enter and it's it's life-changing I've done it a couple times like three times and gosh I just yeah you feel like you're you're not gonna make it but then you come out you emerge and you just feel renewed and the power there's that power of community of sitting in this small enclosed space and you know having share that shared energy together of healing and you know um, but along with the sweat ceremony there's also um, different dances like there's a bear dance offering by a uh, one of the California native groups uh, bird songs by the I think they're the Kawiya band um, and yeah there's a fire burning for the entire four days so there's a fire keeper or a group of fire keepers who um, they're in charge of making sure the fire doesn't go out so day and night there's somebody there and that fire is represented of the the pathway from the fire to the arbor area where the people where the elders speak that pathway is a pathway of the elders or the ancestors sorry so it's it's just very beautifully um designed constructed and you know to give a platform to uplift indigenous voices and knowledge and you know we're all there to heal together you know yeah. like it it does tie back into that like you know colonization and trauma like just you know it's it's genocide you know whether slow slow hegemony slow genocide or like literal murdering of people indigenous people here and it's it's important to me because it's here in the community and i like i like um giving to where giving to the community i live in and connecting to the actual people here where i can and what's in my capacity but it's also important to me because my life partner um is of indigenous heritage he's lakota um cheyenne well, he's Oglala Lakota, Santi Lakota, and Cheyenne, and Apache. So, you know, and for myself, too, on my father's side, um, I self-identify as a descendant of Mexica, which is other no otherwise known as Aztec, and Raramuri, um, which is the group, one of the groups from Chihuahua, Mexico. And, you know, this has been life-changing for me to be able to like to feel a connection to indige an indigenous community in this area but you know it's um equally as important to connect and learn and support um the the original peoples of this area which are the Tongva nation and I feel happy to 
to see that there's more of a presence for them at the elders gathering from what I've heard, you know, in past years. Um, so, and as well as like giving support to the Protect Pavangna, which is a sacred site at, at a Cal State Long Beach. Um, you know, there's, there's different ways to, to actually give physical and, um, moral support to those to the Tongva Nation and the other California nations around the Chumash, the Ahashman, Kawia, um, Tataviam, which is more in like the San Bernardino areas. Um, I mean, I don't know. I know it's more more in the forefront these days. Mm-hmm. Um, more people are learning that yeah, the Tongva Nation is not disseminated like they're here they're alive they're reviving themselves and even in my my artist bio I like to say that that I'm an artist living working in Tovangar which is the Tongva name for Los Angeles because you know this space has gone through so many changes it's another type of genocide and colonization with the Spanish missionaries with the Mexican presence here which is like as a descendant of Mexicans, you know, as a Mexican-American, you have a responsibility to, to heal that, um, you know, that, that harm that was done. And let's heal together, you know. And but, it's, but still traveling with that blood memory connecting to those ancestors. That, yeah, 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 you know. I mean, no matter what, yeah, like, I'm sure we all, we're Mexican, we have might have some French, you might have some German even, Hungarian, some some Italian, some Spanish, like, you know, we are like, you know, what they say is mestizo. Um, but yeah, like it's, I think it's still up to us to pay homage to, to all those parts of us, all, all those parts that make us who we are. There's a, a really amazing series on PBS called Tending Nature. I don't know if you've seen it, but I I encourage people to watch it. It's straight from uh, California Native Voices, um, sharing knowledge and material culture and um, land stewardship. And um, it's very informative and well put together. Um, It's very beautiful to watch if if y'all can see it. Um, but there's that tending nature and then there's a shorter one that's about an hour or so called tending the wild and it has to do with a lot of like uh the fires you know like uh fire maintenance is kind of like a big thing recently with all these you know global warming and like we've had a lot of fires recently but um tapping back into like the the indigenous land steward stewardship and controlled burning so that these wildfires don't necessarily have to happen if we put the you know the power back into um california indigenous uh, people and give land back (laughs) yeah Yeah, so to speak yeah so i feel like you know a lot of this just connecting back to your show you know the cultural undertow Mm -hmm. you know using the materials that you use Mm -hmm. to try to connect to your ancestry but also always trying to have that conversation of like what was and like the values that we still carry you know Mm -hmm. um back to the quote 
mm-hmm. that your instructor said that we don't live in the past the past lives in us mm-hmm. you know so I do encourage people to go see your show I really enjoy your sculptures I enjoy your work even the you know your printed sanotypes mm-hmm. you know the imagery is great um I feel like people should go see your show and just take a look and really like you know, take a moment with your with your objects, like kind of find your p- place in that room mm-hmm. alongside these items um, mm-hmm. and see if they can see that past that lives in you, you mm-hmm. know, kind of come through. So, yeah, uh, I really encourage you guys to go do that. Um, just to, to remind people. So Tin Flats, where can we find Tin Flats? Um, you can find. Well, if you Google Tin Flats, you could get the address, um, but they're also on Instagram. It's just uh, at symbol tin flats, and also follow Luna Anais Gallery, L U N A A N A I S G A L L E R Y, and um, you could also follow F A Four Collective, F A Four, and collective. that's F A the number four. Yes. Collective, all one word. Uh huh. Um, and then we also talked about the many winters elders gathering so Mm -hmm. again on instagram all one word Mm -hmm. you can find that and um you know people if they're interested can get more information on that correct Mm -hmm. your show is up until the 24th of july Uh it's actually a really nice run so like all of this month and you know most of next so Uh um oh and we're going to have an artist talk on july 11th i think we're still working out the details for that but it may be live streamed um i think uh the plan is for narciso tita and myself to be in the same place maybe the gallery or uh, one of our studios and um yeah we'll have a have it open to the public to participate and listen and um, we'll have more details up on the luna anais gallery page on instagram and on their website as well so you guys can keep track of all this stuff also by following Gloria on Instagram. You can find her at uh, Glory underscore Elisa underscore Mage. Um, and I'll, I'll be plugging you all over the world. But uh, uh, yeah, from there you can connect to everything we've talked about. The uh, the current Luna and the East Gallery, Ten Flats, FA4 Collective, Many Winters Gathering. Um, and you're pretty good about just kind of always keeping us in the loop too. You got yeah. so much going on, but... Yeah, I yeah. try to keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I see how busy you are, and that makes me even more grateful that you're able to find time, you know, give me time, allow me into your space. Um, just being in your studio, hanging out with you for a couple times, shadowing you out in the middle of San Pedro Coast, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> that that's fun. super fun. Um, yeah. You know, and even in then, I get to meet a couple people along the way, so it's always uh, it's always something I look forward to. Cool. Um, I want to thank you one more time for being here with me, for allowing me this uh, this time. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to just kind of keep following, see how the show goes. You know, maybe there's a closing later. Mm-hmm. You know, check that out. Uh, and then we'll stay tuned for the artist talk. And that's going to be with Mario Ibarra Jr., right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 He's, I think he has agreed to facilitate it. Yeah. Okay. That should be fun. Should I not put him on the spot right now? Oh, <laughs> no. I? I think uh, it's okay. okay. Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure he, he agreed to it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so, well, thank you very much. Um, just awesome talk. Uh, awesome. Just hearing about your work and everything else you're involved in. Um, anything you want to say before we go? Uh, 
Don't forget that blood memory. No, <laughs> and the past, we don't live in the past. The past lives in us. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll get see you on the next one. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.